Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series Podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. Today, we are thrilled to have the one and only Nick Santucci in the house. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. I'm, I'm, I see you all the time, and it's great to sit down and have this conversation on the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series podcast. Thank you. I, I agree. I'm, I'm a fan of the podcast, so it's an honor to be amongst some of the other heavy hitters that you've interviewed, so it's, it's my pleasure to be here. I, I, think, I think it's great. You have a great story. You're one of our shining stars. You know, you have such enthusiasm and energy and so youthful. Can I say youthful? Thank you. Yes, I'll take that okay, as take long youthful. as I can. Thank you. Okay. Well, let, <laughs> let's, let's fill in the audience first because a lot of folks know you for your time at the chamber. Yes, right? sir. The regional chamber. Great work there. Great organization. And now you're with the... ESC of Eastern Ohio. So yes, just sir. give us the, you know, what is the ESC and... Sure, so, so the ESC, I, I always like to say that the ESC provides resources to our school districts the same way that the business, or the chamber provides resources to the business community. Okay. So by state law, every school district must align with an ESC. And ESC is Educational Service Center. Correct, okay. yes. And so ultimately our goal is to provide resources to schools. And so we have our Council of Governments uh, that, that helps with staffing uh, issues within the district. Uh, we have our Government Affairs Department, which I oversee. Um, and we have our Teaching and Learning Department, our, our uh, um, Curriculum Department. Uh, teaching and Learning is the curriculum. Um, ultimately what we do is we provide resources to districts. And I noticed you have workforce development in your, in your title as well. So is that a newer thing? Is that a, to have such a focus on workforce, especially at the school district level, right? We're talking middle and high school, or actually all school districts, K, right? K-12. K-12, okay. K-12, so yes. So, so K-12, put them to work, yes, right? So, or maybe inspire them to work. So our, our ESC's board uh, and Tracy Hostetler, Dr. Hostetler, mm -hmm. recognized the need for this type of a role. Uh, and, and it's really kudos to her because we're one of three ESCs in the state that actually have a department like mine. Wow. Um, and so the, the work that we're focused on is, is partnerships and collaborations with external customers, of course, the, the business community and organizations like that. Um, but we're also focused on advocacy and raising awareness of what our school districts need, what the kids need. Mm -hmm. um, and so our, our, our main focus uh, are, is both of those things, but ensuring that our superintendents have a voice at the table. And uh, oftentimes, you know, policy down in Columbus will get crafted and pushed through, and it kind of impacts our schools, and they have to kind of respond. Tracy kind of recognized that, that we want to be at that table. We want right. to, we want to start to, proactive. Yes, right. we want to start recognizing what legislation is coming down the pipeline and can we influence it, can we support it, can we oppose it. So we write lots of letters of support, some letters of opposition to certain legislation. Uh, we have talking points and we advocate for bills that are coming down the pipeline. So really just getting involved and, and making sure that our ESC uh, is at the negotiating table when, as far as legislation and workforce goes. Great, and I see you all over MCCTC as well, our friends at the Mahoney County Career and Technical Center. So you work with the MCCTC also, correct? Yes, sir, so I'm aligned, I, I work with all the aligned districts. Uh, MCCTC, because they're in our backyard and they're our Literally. career tech center, <laughs> 
Um, we work very closely with them, yes. And uh, they're a great group, too. Oh, absolutely. No, we, we enjoyed our time there, had a lot of fun with John and the uh, aviation maintenance building. So yes, it was that's super my cool. favorite wing of the whole building. Oh, yeah. I, I, love, I love that, that, that and, part and of the And the door. machine shop, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> with Sergeant uh, Harris? Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a good he's guy. Good well, I, you know, that's a great overview of what your current scope is. And the ESC, they're an important partner to us as we do our Navigators program, which is really connecting kids to careers and engaging with kids at an early age to focus on company tours. The ESC is a great partner along with Junior Achievement and, and getting kids to really have that virtual experience of touring a Heinz industry or touring you know, a careers in the legal field. So we've really enjoyed the collaboration, but I wanna get focused on you for a little bit. Um, not too, too long ago, you were a young lad, right? <laughs> I'm gonna bust your chops a little bit. That's okay, I'll take uh, it, I'm a good sport. Yeah, I know it, I know it. So what'd you wanna do when you were, were growing up? Were you always like a guy that wanted to wear a suit and tie? Uh, you know, actually no. Uh, so in high school, I, well, growing up, I was always interested in sciences. Uh, paleontology and, uh, you know, genetic engineering, that stuff really, you know, interests me and fascinated me. And, uh, you know, I was born uh, right around when Jurassic Park was coming out. And so I was really hooked on dinosaurs, and that was a very popular time growing up. And so I, I thought, going through high school... Jurassic Park 1? Jurassic Park 1. The one. original one. Yes. What year was that released? Uh, I think 91. I was born in 91. So Okay. As See, I and I got up, to your age, and I didn't even have to... I asked that there in a very you go. You're very, way, you're very right? good, Jeff. Without you're saying, good. how old are you, Nick? <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so I was really interested in, in that type of career pathway. And then uh, I was at my senior year in high school, and I took a chemistry class, and those science dreams went right out the window. <sighs> yeah. Um, and it was around the 2000 election that I really got passionate and recognized that I liked political science and, and elections and campaigns and uh, government in general. And so I, I, I went to John Carroll University, um, a little bit undecided, but having a career trajectory, I think, in political science. And that's, that's what we ended up going for. So John Carroll, which is in Cleveland, that's on the east side. Yes, is sir. that correct? Yeah. Okay, and you came back to Youngstown. I came, I'm a boomerang. That's cool. I, I was nice. I was reading through your stuff, but boomerang, yeah. Yeah, gra graduated from John Carroll in 2013. and. Uh, moved back home, and I took a dual internship. Uh, after I graduated, I worked part-time at the chamber as an intern and part-time in the county commissioner's office in Trumbull County. Uh, and then as I uh, got more familiarized with the work, uh, I ended up getting the role of education workforce development uh, manager at the chamber, and then I moved my way through, and now I'm at the ESC. So. Who'd you look up to as a child? Like, you know, when you were, besides the scientists at Jurassic Park. Right? <laughs> Wasn't um, Newman, he was in Jurassic Park 1, he was the one that stole the em embryo. Yes, right? yes, and he, yeah, he got eaten by the Dilophosaurus, yeah. and yeah. Right, okay. um, <laughs> apparently not him, but uh, who else did you, you political leaders? You know, Were you, uh, if you'd asked me back then, I'd have said a political leader, um, you know, looking back now and, and kind of reflecting on my career, I would have to say my grandparents, or my grandfathers. Um, I. Growing up, I, my first job was laying brick with my uh, union grandfather, um, Nick Santucci. 
Uh, and I, I really learned a lot of really important soft skills with him. You know, he would pick me up at five in the morning. I was expected to be in the driveway, so that punctuality. Yeah, right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was getting paid, so I had fiscal responsibility. And, and all of those soft skills that, uh, obviously, I'm still not laying brick, but I always like to tout that my grandfathers, both of them, uh, were very impactful. My other grandfather was a barber. He owned Mike's Barber Shop in Howland on 46. Uh, which is a Howland staple uh, for years. Right. Um, I would mow his grass, and he would call me and say, you know, hey, it's, you know, got to, got to come do this, and we'd show up and do the work. But looking back, their work ethic and their their drive really, I think, had has propelled me to where I am today, um, as a as a young professional and as someone out in the community. So, a brick union brick bricklayer. And you learn soft skills. That's interesting, right? That's yeah. an interesting combo. You know, there's so many opportunities in the trades these days, but do you feel like soft skills are still something very important to learn? Uh, absolutely. In fact, in, during my time at the chamber, when I, would, when I would talk to companies, I would ask them, what's your major workforce development challenge? And they would say soft skills, even before the drug issue. Uh, back when I was at the chamber, I'm not sure about the numbers now, we heard that 40 to 60% of applicants failed their drug tests when they came through the door. Yeah. And some companies would tell me that those folks didn't even make it to the drug test because they, they showed up inappropriately dressed, they answered the phone inappropriately. Those customer service skills that you and I were blessed with, um, some folks really need that. Um, and so uh, soft skills are essential, I believe, to the workforce and the success of our community. Uh, making sure that we're supporting that work and, and really helping kids and adults get prepared. It's funny, that's come up again and again and again. Chris Allen from Ultium Cells, a great he, guy. he's a big proponent yes. of soft skills and he spends most of his time you know, supporting students but as well as even people that he's interviewing. Um, so this might be beyond, you know, beyond the scope of your purview but with at the ESC level are, you know, with texting and Snapchat and all the way kids communicate, and I have two myself and I see how they sure, communicate. Sure. Are soft skills taught? Is there a focus on communication skills within, say, the high school? Yeah, so we have career counselors yeah. uh, at the ESC, and I'm, I'm sure you've talked with, with Dr. Hostetler about this, mm -hmm. but our career counselors are, are focused on getting students jobs and helping them prepare for their future, so yes. Uh, we place an emphasis on, on the soft skill training, of course. But, um, you know, we have to just create a, a large awareness that, that those skills are needed. I talk to other business leaders and they say, you know, they'd be willing to hire someone that might not have the qualifications for the job, but you know, th somebody that could be trainable or someone right. that, that has those customer service skills that they could mold into the job. And so soft skills, I think, are, are really the secret sauce to, to moving our community forward and moving really the state forward. Yeah, I mean, there's so much focus on technical training. Sure. Everything is certification training, technical, technical, which I agree, right? We all need to be trained in certified technical areas. But I, I love hearing the emphasis on soft skills. You're right, because at the end of the day, if you're a team and you're at work, you want to like the people. You want to be Absolutely. able to communicate with the people, Absolutely. right? Versus. Um, the opposite, which is they might be talented technically, but be a real pain in the butt to do it. Possible, possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what we hear a lot. At least I did during my time at the chamber. Right, right. So do you have, um, say, thinking about all the people, you have a lot of stakeholders. 
you collaborate with, right? So do you have a leadership style or a leadership philosophy that you lean into? Yeah, so you know, I don't have anybody that reports directly to me. Um, but I have, to your point, worked with a lot of different personalities and a lot of different um, leaders, um, leaders of different departments internally, different uh, leaders in the community externally. Right. Um, and, and what I've really found as a young professional that I, that I think is valuable is the outlining expectations, clear expectations for, for you and your team. Um, and that's, I, I, I believe that everybody has the potential to do well. And I, I believe that everybody has the potential to perform goals and objectives successfully. Um, it's uh, up to us as leaders to outline those expectations and hold that individual accountable. Right. Um, if nobody's a mind reader, um, and so if, if you can outline the expectations and say, look, this is how I'd like you to do, and then support that individual however is most appropriate, uh, giving them the proper tools or, or helping them with the task, um, I think there's nothing that is more uh, impactful to an individual's professional career than successfully completing a task that their leadership had given them. Um, but it's clear guidelines and clear expectations, uh, I think, that, that help with that. You're right. I mean, you literally setting expectations and having transparency and agreement on expectations, you don't have to, even if you're, you know, what I'll say very, you know, working with, I'll say, a seasoned professional, yeah. right? If they agreed to the expectations and it was clear and they agreed and they didn't meet the expectations, it's pretty straightforward, right? It's a right. binary, yes or no, did you make it or not? Right. right? So that's Right, and that's where the accountability comes yeah. in. So yeah. clear, clear guidelines, clear expectations, and allow that individual to go for it. And they're going to they're gonna fail and they're going to mess up, but that's how, that's how we learn. And that's, right. that's one of the key components of, of the whole thing. Additionally, too, Jeff, hands-on learning, uh, hands-on leadership, are, are essential um, and leading by example. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, good leaders will outline the expectations and then push, push things along the right way. Absolutely. So I can't imagine you've made any mistakes in your time, <laughs> in your career, but I do want to ask you about any mistakes you've made, any leadership mistakes you've made or kind of things that we can learn from because we all learn from our mistakes. Sure. But before I do, I want to take a break to thank our sponsors. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank our headlining sponsors, including Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. Also included are Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, the Mahoning County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of the Mahoning Valley. Okay. All right, you ready to roll? Sure. All right. No, Nick, this is great. Perfect. Do you have any jokes? I don't. You don't have any? <laughs> I'm not a joke teller either. Steve, we're going to keep this in. Okay. We always try to keep random stuff in because it just makes it more interesting, sure. don't you think? Sure. As long as it's not too tedious. No worries. So let's get into leadership mistakes. What, what, share maybe a time when you kind of made a mistake and what'd you learn from it and, and how'd you grow from it? 
Yeah, you know, and I, this was a great question, and I, I thought really long and hard on this one, and I, I couldn't come up off the top of my head of, of an individual leader, leadership mistake or, or something, a mistake I made professionally that led me to a leadership lesson, but um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, losing my mom. I lost her in 2017. Oh. And... Um, something I learned from that, you know, losing a parent, losing any loved one is, of course, a challenging um, experience and a, a change in life, of right, course. Right, right. Um, but, but after everything had happened with my mom and she passed away and, and things started to quiet down, um, I, I, I began to reflect a little bit about the whole experience. And um, one thing that I, that I definitely learned and I, it carries with me today is that life is full of hills and valleys. Mm -hmm. um, there's really good times and there's really bad times in, in everybody's life. And I, I feel like the key difference in any leader or the key difference in those folks that, that survive those experiences um, is expecting those valleys, uh, expecting those tough times, and then recognizing that those valleys are gonna come, those tough times are gonna come, they're temporary, um, and you're gonna go back up towards the, the upward trajectory uh, and go back, back to a hill. And you know, I, as a young professional, I was thriving at the chamber. We were doing great work in education and workforce development. We were doing great stuff in economic development. I was involved in a, a lot of really cool projects at the chamber, bringing TJX here and Lordstown Motors. And um, you know, I moved into government affairs and we were successful in bringing dollars back through the capital budget back to our community. So proud of all that work. And then I lose my mom. And you know, it, it really put into perspective the hills and valleys comment. Right. And right. So, so Jeff, to jump back, I, I don't have something specific that I could give you as far as a leadership lesson, but, but my best advice for anybody listening or uh, anybody that, that sees the segment at all is you know, to expect those, those bad times, because they're coming. Right. Um, and they may last a week or they may last two years, but they will, they will go away and you will, you will get back on that upward trajectory. And, uh, and that's really where you, you prove yourself and your capabilities. Right. Re resiliency, right? Yes, it makes sir. you more resilient. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sorry to hear about that. Thank I, you. I had no idea, right? And this is as much as I've seen you and as much of, as we've chatted, I had no clue. That's probably something very painful that you think about every single day. I miss her every day. Every day. And, but you couldn't tell, right? Well, and so, I, and I'm hoping that it really makes me think, you know, your positivity and your energy and carrying that pain really makes, now puts a whole new dynamic on our relationship. You know what I mean? Thank you. I yeah, appreciate that's that. Really, no, I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing that. My mom was a, a very strong lady uh, and she taught me a lot. And I never really, one of your questions was, uh, who's your favorite leader today? It probably would be my mom or my dad or both. Oh yeah, get into that a little bit. Why, why is that? Well, it, my mom was very strong and you know, back when I was a kid, you don't recognize all the sacrifices your, your parents make, mm -hmm. of course, you know? <laughs> um, and I never truly realized just how strong of a leader she was until she passed away. She kept our family together. I have three younger sisters. And, you know, she, she kept us all in line and, and my supported my dad through his work. And, you know, my mom was strong-willed and resolute. My dad is a very caring and, and genuine guy, uh, very genuous. And I, I really, I pray all the time that I'm the perfect combination of both of them. All right. Kind and compassionate right. like my dad, 
but strong and and uh, you know resolute like my mom. Uh, and so, jumping back, you know, it it's uh, it it does put things into perspective when you go through something like that. But you know, it I believe that everything is purposeful in life, and I believe that uh, you know my mom's role on earth was finished, and she has heavenly duties. I'm a, I believe in Christ and. I'll see her again. So that right. helps a lot with, uh, well, with my uh, morning. Clearly she made an impact, right? And, and there are occasions where the impact that was made was so great and strong, it, it stays with you on a continuous basis. And you know, maybe you couldn't have that level of appreciation until after, you know, until this situation, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything is purposeful, I believe. Yeah. So she, through her loss, unfortunately, I, I learned a lot. Uh, right. I wish it was the other way, and I wish I could rewind time, but uh, but I've I've learned through that experience, and I uh, I wish she was here. Yeah, no, that I mean that's um, expect the valleys. You know, the, they don't last. Hopefully, right, the bad times don't last forever. But really, you can't have good times without bad times. That's right. Right? How you supposed to have that relative experience? But yeah, you have to go through it, and that's great advice because yeah, everyone we all go through day to day. Sometimes yeah. you can go for a period of time and literally say, "Boy, what's going on?" And uh, boom, the, it just comes the out key, of nowhere. The key is expecting it. Yeah, you, you know those good it's times coming. are great. It's sunshine and rainbows, but a bad time will happen. It might be a minuscule valley. It might be you know really you know, hard, like, right. like losing a loved one. Right. But you've got to expect it and you've got to persevere and keep moving forward. You, right. can't, you can't allow it to destroy you. So if it's possible to transition from that topic sure. into economic development, sure. I'm not sure else how to do this awkward transition. <laughs> <laughs> but, I but didn't I, mean to go so No, no, so no. Deep this is you, why you're here. I'm glad that now the next time I see you, I'm going to, like, I'll, you know, I've always enjoyed seeing you, I right? But that. I mean, feelings mutual. Yeah, now it's just, Okay, well, Nick is, not that I didn't think you were deep, but I just didn't know the depth. How does yeah. that sound? Fair. I just Because I never asked. Right? Yes. I just never that's took okay. the time other than like, hey, how you doing? That's, that's the beauty of this format, right, is you get into stuff you would never know. Right? Sure. Because when you see people at events, you're, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. What's new? How's it going? You jump into a topic, you know, something totally. that's yeah. hot, the reason you're there. but You're but, working. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Hustling, working. Yep. You got it. So... Speaking of economic development in the region, workforce development, one might say we're on a tear, right? We're on the uphill. We have momentum. Yes. Is that fair to say? Do you, do you feel like we have all of the ingredients we need to thrive as a region? We, you think about Voltage Valley. Got to throw that hashtag in there. Yeah, you bet. How are we set up? Do you feel like we're, we're all, everything's lined up or there's still some challenges ahead? Totally. I think, I think we definitely are on the upward trajectory. Um, I, I think the community deserves better though. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that I see and I notice uh, that might be a roadblock for us as a community is our youth continues to leave. Uh, we're losing youth at a, at a very large, alarming rate. Uh, and it's not just youth, it's, it's uh, early adults. Um, right. Kids are graduating and they're leaving. Um, and so why I love the work I do with the ESC and Career Tech and all of our school districts is making sure that the business community is aligned with our school districts in K-12 and also aligned in higher ed. And a lot of that work is being done at the state level. I know Lieutenant Governor is really pushing um, a lot of that kind of synergy 
uh, but it's essential. We've got to ensure that we've got students lined up for careers before they graduate high school. Right. Or at least that they have internships or that there's job opportunities here. Because if, if there's a job somewhere else, it, it's easy for them to leave and it's really going to be hard for us to get them back. Right. And that's not lip service. I'm literally, like, Lieutenant Governor has a program with internships in high school for tech careers, right? Exactly right. And that, that's a great, it's a great approach for tech, but we need to expand that even a little more. Right. And really focus on what jobs are out there and making sure that the students are aligned and that there's a career trajectory for them to get into. Uh, career pathway. Um, and so, you know, losing the youth is, is probably going to be a huge roadblock for us as, as we have an aging population here. Um, you know, and, and a another roadblock too is we're starting to see changes in the Valley, which is great, but our elected leaders, uh, some of the elected leaders locally have been in office since I was born. Ooh. So, you know, but having those fresh ideas and new people stepping up and young leaders and all of that is going to be essential to changing our dynamic here as a community. Right. It's about changing the narrative and collaboration, right, and not holding on to totally your patch, so to speak. Totally. You have elected officials and, you know, they jump job to job or they've been there for years and years and years. And, you know, how do you how do you change that perspective or that dynamic? I mean, you've got to get fresh ideas in there and get, get new people involved and, and move things along that way. So it's spring of 2021 right now, and you have Ultium Cells spinning up. You have TJX, I think they're yeah. opening soon. I mean, yeah. um, Lordstown Motors is ramping. So there's a lot of, there's a, are many, many career openings, opportunities just about to hit. Yeah. So if you fast forward, let's say 24 months from now, spring of 2023, do you feel like this will be a very different place of a thriving, youthful market? Do you feel <laughs> like what we're going to attract a lot of talent back here? Well, it, it's hard to, to answer any hypotheticals, of course, yeah. you know, but uh, that's certainly the hope. Uh, that's certainly the hope. And I think as long as our community organizations can work in partnership with each other, as long as individual citizens feel passionate about getting involved, um, that changes the narrative. Right. Uh, it, it's very easy for us as a community to point to somebody and say, you're responsible or you're in charge. And some of them, some of that accountability is deserved. Uh, but it's really us as a community, we need to rally together and really identify our, our key assets mm -hmm. and push those out and raise awareness. And, and the chamber's doing some of that. We're doing that at the ESC. Eastgate's doing that. I mean, there's a lot of good organizations out there that are starting to flex our valley muscles. Right, right. And, and raise awareness that, that the valley isn't the valley that was here years ago. We're, we're changing. We're more dynamic. Um, and I think that's, that's the most exciting part of it. So to answer your question, I, I can't predict what we're going to look like in a few years. I sure hope we're booming and growing and thriving. But um, if not, we need to step up and, yeah. and really... <laughs> do a good job in making sure that we're getting the key stakeholders throughout the state here to see that the Valley is a lot better uh, and has a lot of potential. And we do. So you graduated high school probably, what, more than 10 years ago? 2009. Okay. From Howland. So then do you have, that was right at the tail end of the financial crisis, right? The, yeah. Um, have you had friends that have moved away and some that are saying like, hey, Nick, what's going on there? Cause maybe I should come back. Have you, what, are you, what are you hearing out there? What are you seeing? I, yeah, I've had some friends move away. Some have come back. So, nice. so both of those things, which are, which are good signs. 
Um, you know, COVID's changed the dynamic for everybody. Uh, some of my friends that were in sales now can do their sales jobs remotely. Right. So moving back home as opposed to paying for Los Angeles apartments or New York apartments, uh, that's a no-brainer. The Valley, yeah. the Valley has a lot to offer for, for that type of, of living, you know. And um, so, yes, yes and no. We, we've seen, I've seen a lot of my friends do both, both. Uh, leave and come back, but I think our, our potential is great. I mean, I think about the Valley all the time, and we're, our location is so ideal. We're mm -hmm. sit in between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why we can't be growing and booming and, and thriving. And right. uh, so I, I want to do everything I can in my power to make our areas as, as attractable as possible. Fantastic. Do you have a favorite leadership quote or do you, do you have like quotes on the wall? Like I have my hustle up here and stuff just to keep, keep me going. But, yes. Uh, what, what, what's on your wall in your office? So one of, one of the, I had a few and I brought so three. So Nick has very detailed notes. I'm impressed, like pages of notes and bullet points and <laughs> as you would expect somebody that wears a tie on a Friday, just yes. busting your chops. I joke all the time, these are my PJs. <laughs> and all right. I do is just change my yeah, tie right. and I just keep it going. Right. So, um, so I, the, one, the one quote on my wall in my office currently um, is two, 2 Timothy 1.7, mm -hmm. for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. I love that. Uh, and then I have two others, one from Thomas Jefferson and one from JFK. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. Ah, okay. I like that. JFK, efforts and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. Uh, so very, very similar to some of our talking points earlier. Right. Uh, but, but those quotes are, are quotes that have been impactful to me throughout my career. Right. Stand firm, resolute, accountability, setting expectations. Th these are all important things, right? Because we have a lot of work to do. Yes, sir. And we have to be clear on what we're trying to accomplish, and we have to, you know, have agreement and consensus to a degree. But sometimes I don't like that word consensus. I know you need it, but it's a—I don't know—it just annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, no, just do it. Just, but I know that's probably not good. Well, it good and bad. Consensus right. is good, but sometimes you need you need to move forward, and things yeah. need to get done for the betterment of the community. Right. So consensus is great, but we we've, yeah. we've got to have leaders that are willing to step up and. Right. Flex the muscles Here's a little bit. Here's the chance. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you what's going on. Yeah. Hey, set a time limit. You know, you have X number of days to respond or offer alternative suggestions, but yes. we're going for it. Yes. Right? Well, do you have a challenge uh, for the audience? Say something that if only, you know, you could wave a magic wand and, you know, maybe get us to where we need to be two years from now. So what would you challenge the audience on? Yeah. Any of your listeners, I, I always encourage anybody that if they want to get involved to reach out to me. Uh, there's lots of good things going on. You know, I, the Valley sometimes tends to feel like we have this dark cloud over us. Right. And I'm not a fan of that dark cloud. I, I think we have so much potential and there's so much greatness here. We've got great food. Oh, yeah. We've got good people that live here. Um, I, I, I would love to see more people involved. I, I organized a, a, a Warren City cleanup uh, the other day. And wow. we had a few people come out and it was great. We picked up like two bags of, of trash a, a person and we started down by the hot dog shop in Warren and went down 422 and cleaned up a lot of trash. I, I want to see more people doing things like that. Right. Um, and, you know, it, lead by example type thing. Like we need to get out there and 
make our area look good. I, I had a friend it's that true. was out out of town and I was driving him around and showing him where I lived and where I grew up and where I worked in downtown Warren during my time there. And um, he, he had mentioned to me that, man, there's a lot of trash around here. And I thought, boy, if he's recognizing That's that the first thing they saw as right? an as an external person, um, what are our businesses saying? What are our you know, some people drive by that and they don't think of anything of that. But we really need to, to make our area as attractable as possible um, right. with our people, with our workforce, with just the appearance of it, so that companies drive down the street and say, wow, this is a really great yeah. place to move and stay. Yeah, it's a part of the equation, right? Live, work, and play, and you want to have a great quality of life. And if, and if it's really unfortunate, I didn't think about it that way, but if, if everyone's expectations are, ah, fine, there's trash, or there's weeds, or broken, you know, some you see some properties that are just not maintained some industrial properties yeah. and you drive by and think wow there's someone working in there and once again it doesn't have to be you know meticulously landscaped sure. but just clean some basic stuff up right? it, it it makes a difference right it makes a right. difference it and does. and so uh yeah my i guess my call to action would be get involved and if you don't know how to get involved call me there's plenty of nonprofits out there that could use volunteers there's plenty of students that need mentors, good mentors. Right. Uh, there's plenty of trash that could be picked up. Uh, I'm, I, am, I try my best to be a community cheerleader everywhere I go oh, yeah. because I love our area. And, uh, and so, yeah, my call to action is get involved any way you, you are comfortable. Yeah, you're quite the networker. Thank you. Right? So, <laughs> I want to help. No, that's good. I want to help. I genuinely, we can tell. We genuinely can tell you want to help. Well... It's been awesome having you on the program today. Thanks for sharing everything with us. Thanks, Jeff. And if people, you know, as Nick said, reach out. He's ready to, you know, support and point everyone in the right direction and yes, sir. get stuff done. They can find me on Facebook or Twitter or social media. My email's on the ESC's website. So if anybody would like to get in touch. You said Facebook. Ugh. <laughs> I, you know what? Hmm. Are you off Facebook now? Barely. Barely. I'm, okay. You know, I, the minimum amount of time I, see. I need once a day. I see. That's it. Okay. I understand. <laughs> it's, it's, the business has been built upon an enragement algorithm, and it's done nothing but divide our community and our country and the world. So, you know, it's, I don't have, I don't know. I'm big on LinkedIn, right? I, I yeah. Just live there, right? LinkedIn yes. all day, I'm, every day. I'm on LinkedIn, that too. That place has stayed fairly positive. <laughs> um, but even for a media company like the Youngstown Publishing Company and the Business Journal, we have a great loyal audience that's with us every single day. And sure, they see lots of stuff on social media, but really we're still the place they can come to get objective, good insights and information on economic development and real estate and all the other things happening. And our, you know, don't have to be kind of bothered by all the peripheral stuff you might see in your Facebook feed. Right. So right. Not to, not to rain on the Facebook. Program, no, that's okay. I, you know, I have issues with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. All right, Nick, thanks. Appreciate your thanks, time Jeff. today. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today because together we're building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development. So if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. 
Your feedback is very important to us. We want to make the show better all the time. And if you would like to give me direct feedback, email me, please. My email is j-h-e-r-r-m-a-n-n at business-journal.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. And lastly, would love to thank the members of the Brain Gain Coalition. Those headline collaborators include Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoney Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. And joining them are members of the coalition, including Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, MCCTC, the Mahoney County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of Mahoning Valley. Without them, none of this would be possible. So thanks again for joining us today. And remember, together we are building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development.